Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Fill-In. Another weekend with no Premier League football. Is there anything else to talk about? Yes, there is. Of course there is. There's loads going on in the world of football. Jurgen Klopp has announced that he is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. Wow, nobody saw that bad boy coming. Apparently, Mikel Arteta could be in his way to Barcelona. There was massive trouble at West Brom yesterday. Nobody wants to see that. And Marcus Rashford had a nice couple of days in Belfast. We will talk about all of that. Unfortunately, no goal bridge with us this week. He has hit a pothole, apparently. Um, though rumour has it he was in the pub last night and had a few too many. Um, so we are joined by Football Fill-In Royalty. We've got Dave Watson. We've got Paul Robinson. It's going to be a bouting show for Football fill There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Right, lads, happy Monday morning. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Watto, especially, massive shout-out to you, by the way. You saved the day. Uh, Goldbridge, last minute this morning, saying about he's hit a pothole. We don't believe him. We think he had too many pints last night, Robbo. Um, we have to start with a bit of Jurgen Klopp talk because nobody saw this coming. Literally nobody saw this coming, apart from some random guy on Twitter or something who said, yes, I'm from the future and Jurgen Klopp is going to announce he's leaving Liverpool tomorrow. True. It's, it's out there, by the way. We'll find the tweet. Um, anyway... I could not see this coming in a million years. He's been there, what, nearly 10 years now. He's got to go down as one of Liverpool's um, most important managers. Most important managers, is that fair to say? Um, And I just, uh, yeah, I couldn't see it. This is one of those moments, I think, sometimes in football, you get a a little message or you see something and you think, no chance, somebody's made that up. This is is a massive problem. I'm going to come to you, Robbo, first. This is a massive problem for Liverpool, isn't it? Um, timing of it wise, probably yes, in the way that he's done it and the way he's announced it. But for Liverpool to move forward, good timing and the fact that they've got now a couple of months to, to find a, a replacement yeah. that's suited to what Klopp's created at Liverpool, which he has. He's created a, a winning mentality, a, a great atmosphere, a, a connection with the fans. Mm. So that next manager's got to fit the whole bill of that in, and be similar to what Klopp's, um, what he's created we're going to talk about like his successor in a minute, all right? Because there's loads of names getting thrown out there or anything. But from my perspective, I want to I want to talk about what Liverpool, like you say, connection there. I remember before Jurgen Klopp took took over. I've got a few mates who are Liverpool fans, right? And they used to drive me crazy. They would always moan about Liverpool. We were losing this. We never really won anything this. And then eventually they won the Champions League, and it was like, oh, we're the next few. And what Jurgen Klopp has done is, for me personally anyway, he's taken that Liverpool team and he's made them into somebody I want to watch. Do you know what I mean? If Liverpool won the telly, I want to watch them. I want to see what they're doing. The goalkeeper especially. I, I love watching Arsenal anyway. Um, but what state does he leave, leave Liverpool in, Watto? Um, because they've had a little bit of a turnover in players over the last few years, but it seems like they're on the up again now, doesn't it? Yeah, look, he's leaving them in an unbelievable place, isn't he? We spoke about it last week. He's done what Fergie did at Man United. He's actually 
gone and changed the team now. Yeah. He's, he's built another team, yeah. which is difficult to What's do. What's it called? Transition? What's it called? Well, transition a, period? Yeah, he's had a transition yeah. period, certainly last year. Um, but the signings they've made, and when it's all coming together, like it is now, I'm excited. I like watching Liverpool play. Yeah. They're, they're a proper counter-attack footballing team, aren't they? You've got, they've got some unbelievable talent for sure. But he's, he's, he's turned Liverpool into a juggernaut, hasn't he? Yeah. They're, they're monsters now. Nobody wants to go to Anfield and play them. Uh, the crowd always play a big part. But he's got the whole thing rocking and it will be very, very difficult to replace him for sure. And I am surprised because he doesn't look like he'd run out of steam on the sidelines. He's, he's the same guy, but... We know we've been in football all his life, you know. I don't think you're going to have the managers that can do a Fergie and a Wenger anymore. I think to be at the top like he's been at the top and to manage that team for nine years, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, and sure. how, how much does this take out? Because I think a lot of people have, have seen, obviously, the news with, with Klopp and said, oh, he's burnt out, he's tired. But, like, just, why, though? Why, why exactly would a Jurgen Klopp be burnt out and tired? Because this comes into your personal life, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, if you're a manager of Liverpool, a big club like Man City, this takes over your life, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and probably he's got to that point where he's had enough. Yeah. He probably he probably has, like you say now, and fair play to him because not a lot of managers no do chance. it, where he's oh, come out and massive. he said he's run out of energy. That's, yeah. a, that's a brave statement to make and, and he's missed his family time. Yeah. The, the amount of games that Liverpool play, not only in Europe but the domestic league as well, they're in all the cups. Constantly so, travelling. So he's constantly, constantly travelling. He's never at home. Like The hours that they must be in at the training ground with the work that he does... You can see it though that like the passion that he feeds on that touchline, and you can imagine him being exactly the same around the training ground with staff, yeah, like all that, the yeah. backroom staff as well. I can imagine him being that that one, like you say, on a Monday morning where things have not gone well. Oh. He comes in, he's that energy. Oh, yeah. He's the one who's got to drive yeah, it. You he's know, the one who's got to get lift you going it. again, won't he? So you can understand why he's making the decision because he probably has felt now it's time for someone new to come in at Liverpool and take it forward, yeah. and he needs a break. He needs to have that break, whereas his energy and his commitment to the football club's been, it's been world class, hasn't it? It's been world class. It's, it. it's as simple as that. And if Liverpool go on and have the season that they want to have, obviously they're they're in the running for everything. Still, they could win the quadruple. Obviously, not Champions League because they're in in, in the Europa. Um, but if they go and win four trophies, and then you've got to get a new manager to come in and follow that. No pressure. Like obviously, no. Xavi Alonso is the favourite at this moment in time, and I think we're all on the same page where it's probably a good fit right now, isn't it? Yeah, he looks like he, he's the man. I mean, he, he's obviously very new into management yeah. himself, um, so he's not got a massive track record behind him. But what he's doing is very positive. He obviously knows Liverpool, um, and I think Klopp wants to leave and and have a legacy. He's already left a legacy, but I think in terms of the timing. I think behind the scenes he said, look, lads, I'm, I'm done, I'm out of here. All his staff are going to leave, you know, and it just shows you that it's more than just him as well. Yeah. The, the staff behind him are, are proper people. Proper you know, coaches. Proper coaches, people, proper people, part of the foundation. Built, yeah. And they're all going to leave. Um, but actually that gives whoever comes in place, because you know what it's like in football, you have to have your own people around you because it's a trust element yeah. as well. You need them people around you. But, but they're going to have to feed off what clock leaves them, yeah. and he's going to leave them a fantastic football team, whether they win four trophies or not. Whoever's coming in to manage that team, you'd like to have that opportunity because he's, you're going to be managing some top, top players. Well, well we're speaking about Xavi Alonso. He's doing a fantastic job out in Germany at this moment in time, Bayer Leverkusen. Um, I think they're undefeated still, start of the season after 19 games, which is just absolutely incredible. But I think, from my perspective, I think it's 
just the most perfect time for Liverpool to give it to somebody like like Xavi because um, they've basically got re- not really got a lot to lose, have they? Every single... You speak to any Liverpool fan, they'll all say, we want Xavi Alonso as our next manager. And if Liverpool go and do something different to that, it's almost like they're making a rod for their own back, aren't they? And I, I think that whether they are a success with him or not, they have to do this, don't they? It's, but the next manager that goes in at Liverpool, are what people have got on, it, that is going to be a tough job anyway. As hard as Man done. United a few years ago when Fergie, Fergie left and gave it to David Moyes? Well, yeah, because like you say, you're replacing someone who's consistently won stuff, yeah. and 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 the and like you say, behind the scenes of what they've created as a manager and the staff, like what I said there, everyone's leaving. There's no one staying. Mm. So now that new person and all of their staff together have got to try and not their own way, but try and carry on with the good things that Klopp's done at the club. So that's that itself is going to be really hard. And we talk about Alonso with what he's doing at Leverkusen. It, for me, it's the perfect fit mm. because he he had a great connection with the fans. And I think if you're looking down the routes of managers now, they they've got to try and find that connection with the, the to get right behind them. Yeah, yeah. And it, like you say, if, if if it is Alonso and it doesn't go so well, he'll still have the full support of the Liverpool faithful got because of credit in because the bank, of what he did for them as a player yeah. and and what he's done at Leverkusen. So they'll give him that time. And it, every manager needs time. Klopp had time, and look what he's created now. So the next manager's gonna he's gonna need exactly the same. And it's got to be the owners that have got to give him that as Back well. It as well, yeah. I think um, I think uh, what we will do though is obviously wish Jurgen Klopp for the best in the future. I think uh, it would good be good to see him still managing football somewhere in world football uh, where he turns up we don't know just take a little break though take a little breather recharge uh, and the Premier League will certainly be a poorer place without him as well I think that's what we've got to say for it absolutely there's a few managers sleeping easier at night now you're not wrong you're not wrong Uh, right uh, I said it in the intro there Um, apparently there's rumours floating around Mikel Arteta could be on his way out of Arsenal and into Barcelona Xavi and we've got a lot of Xavis and Xabis talking about this moment in time but Xavi um, announced that he's going to be leaving Barcelona at the end of the season, uh, which frees up a spot for a new manager. Obviously, uh, Mikel Arteta got some good connections with Barcelona anyway. Um, is that something we can see happening, Watto? Look, Barcelona is one of the biggest, isn't it? If ever you're going to leave the Premier League, it's a Barcelona, isn't it? It's a Real Madrid. They're the ones that you get excited by. I remember my time at Southampton, um, speaking to Ronald Koeman, who obviously took me to Southampton, and his driving force were the national team and somehow to get back to Barcelona really? as a manager. That's how big it was. For, I think for anybody that's played for them or come through their system, it's a, it's a juggernaut, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he wanted to do well in England to get an opportunity to either work with the national team to have or, that opportunity. Uh, quick question, lads. Is Barcelona the biggest club football managerial job in the world? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Not anymore? Because of the mess. That's the problem. Yeah. What's he got to win yeah. from it? Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the good thing for all probably Arteta, if he did go in there, is that the way that they are at the moment, so yeah. he could change yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But for him to leave Arsenal, I think he's, he's trying to he's trying to create something good at Arsenal with the way that they're playing now at the moment. They're stable. Yeah, they're he, stable. He's, he's, trying to make, he's trying to move the team forward with the players he's bringing in. So for him to sort of go now would be quite strange, but if he does go to Barcelona, then the only way that you look at it is that he actually will move them forward with the state that they're in at the moment. Yeah, I think... Um, I, 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 strip back the clubs and all this kind of... You, I think if you look at it on paper, I think Mikel Arteta would be tempted by it. I think he'd be tempted yeah, by it. Definitely. He, he's Spanish. He he gets to move back home, gets to manage. Obviously, as a as a, as a Spaniard, it's probably unless he's a Real Madrid yeah, side of it. They're more Madrid. It's isn't it? the yeah. biggest thing that yeah. could possibly happen to you as manager. So he has to have one eye on it, going. Yeah, this is this is a genuine. If they're offering the job, yeah, anyway. we, we don't know. It's rumours. Yeah, it? it's all about timing, isn't it? Like whoever follows Klopp. You're getting a good team. I I think if you go into Barcelona now, they're not the team that we've no, seen over the yeah. years. Yeah. There's a lot of chaos behind the scenes. But the one thing I would say, what I believe is happening in English football now at the very top level, these managers who are in charge, they seem to be getting full autonomy now. So Arteta at Arsenal, he's got time, but he's running the whole show. Emery at Villa, he's now running the whole show. Klopp Ten running the whole show as well. Ten to hard. Extent, yeah. And and I think that's hard to walk away from when clubs are giving managers so much autonomy. Yeah. Hey, at Man United, you wouldn't suggest it's working properly, yeah. but Arsenal with Arteta, he seems to be driving it forward in terms of everything. Would he get Klopp's that time at Barcelona? Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. And look, I think the Premier League is by far and away the best league for sure. But for somebody who can go back home, as you said, is Spanish, if he's a, if he's a Barcelona man... It's the best job apart from what I said with Ronald. You want to manage your national team or the biggest team in your country. And and I think it, it will be tempting for him, but what he's creating at Arsenal, I'm not sure he can do that straight away at Barcelona. And that's where, like you say, if you're Arteta now, you want guarantees that if you're yeah. going to Barcelona, then you're getting that full control. Yeah, absolutely. But is he going to get that? That's the question. Yeah. Will he get that? I think that? the politics with Spanish football is different, yeah, isn't it's different, it? different, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, for one, I don't think Arsenal are going to let him go. And two, um, I think he's just so secure in that job at Arsenal. He's so secure. He's got a clear pathway of what he wants to do and where he wants to go. That is, oh, It's just such a tough one. I'm sure there's plenty of Arsenal fans that wouldn't want him to go anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll, like I say, at this moment in time, it's all just rumours. Uh, we've got to talk about January transfer window, lads. Uh, we are... 29th of January today. So how many days are in January? 31. 31. So we've got a couple of days left of the January transfer window. I'm sure there are going to be players up and down the country uh, on the phone to their agent relentlessly trying to get that last minute move. Uh, one person who I think who I think could be making his way to the Premier League um, and we'd all love to see him as well. I'm going to start with a goalkeeper, Kasper Schmeichel. Kasper, we want to see Kasper Schmeichel back in the Premier League, don't we? Warren? Yeah, very sad really that he left and uh, leaving Leicester like that and obviously they went 
they went down when they decided to change the goalie. Yeah. You don't realise uh, for somebody like him, yes, fantastic goalkeeper, but what he does behind the scenes yeah. of a club and, and, and all the work he were doing behind the scenes at Leicester and you lose them characters and, and obviously Leicester suffered for it. If he gets the move to uh, Forest, which looks potentially like it's going to be on, he's going to get into that dressing room. Yeah. He's a man about town. Look, they need a goalie who's going to keep the ball out of the net for sure because obviously we, we, we've spoke about it on the show before that I don't think they've got the greatest goalie at the minute uh, and that's no disrespect to uh, Turner. But Smichael comes in, he's got all the experience in the world but he'll make a big difference in the dressing yeah. room. Character, personalities, he's been there with Leicester over so many years, he's not going to be faced by the Premier League and actually Forrest are going to need a couple of characters if they're going to get out of it, especially if they lose some points. Um, yeah. Are you Casper Schmeichel's agent, by the way? Because that, that was incredible. It was. <laughs> that was incredible. Was. But I could be. I could be. <laughs> I'll be his agent now as well. I, <laughs> no, I really yeah. think he should come to the Premier League, Casper. <laughs> uh, Robert, but how, how important is it, as a, as a defender, how important is it to have that goalie behind you who you know you can rely on, who you know is going to give you a 7 out of 10? Yeah. Week in, week out, he's, like I say, he's a leader, he's a character... Fantastic goalkeeper, stops the ball going in yeah. the back of the net. How important is that to have that? Well, we've been speaking about this over the last couple of weeks, and we, especially with like someone like an Anana for yeah. Man United, yeah. and the defence there is, is for me, Casper Michael was has proven over the years what a top class goalkeeper is, and maybe Notts Forest defence need now someone like that behind them because yeah. as a defender for me, the most important thing is that I've got a vocal goalkeeper who can command his box but can keep us as a high line, and I know that if the ball goes over my head, then he's onto it and he's covering the ground to come out. Are, they, are you seeing that with Turner at Notts Forest? They look a bit rocky. They concede yeah. sloppy goals. Casper Smichael, for me, would be he'd be the perfect replacement for that. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a top goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Uh, I think we'd all like to see Casper back in. I want to see Casper booming the ball 100 yards down the pitch into the opposition. Yeah, there's one course. thing as a coach I didn't really like from him. And I used to say to him every warm-up, I know he can kick it miles, mate, but when I'm warming <laughs> up, I don't need you to kick it when I'm working. I know he can kick it miles. He just can. do that later in the game, yeah? <laughs> when I'm working, just keep it away from me. He's up there with Edison for me, honestly. Oh, for, yeah. for like a one-step, just bang, bang yeah. wallop. And he was landing it. I remember watching him landing it on the edge my 18-yard box thinking this is just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Uh, another move that's already happened uh, just a couple of days ago, Calvin Phillips uh, to West Ham. This is a massive move for him, isn't it? This is a massive move for him. Obviously, with the Euros in the summer, um, not getting any game time at Man City, really. Um, for him and for West Ham, this is this is just absolutely perfect, isn't it? Well, it's an interesting one because James Ward-Prowse is there. Oh. And it's someone that I want in the England squad because yeah, yeah, I yeah. like him. Does that allow James Ward-Prowse now to play a little bit higher up the pitch? Because he's that, he is that more of a creative player. Calvin Phillips will come in and say, I think it's a good move by West Ham because yeah. they've lost Declan Rice. So they've never really it's got kind, that type of, like of player. Like, so like for that, like yeah. because of what Calvin can do. And I think, like you say now, the Euros are around the corner. He needs to be playing football. It's a great move for him, getting the game time, but it's, it's an interesting one because, like you say, James Ward-Prowse there, it's a, that's going to be an interesting one for well, me. We'll see how that dynamic works out. Somebody who does know James Ward-Prowse really mm. well, actually, is the man next year, yeah. Dave Watson. Obviously, he spent a lot of time at Southampton with James. Um, is he capable, Prowse, of, sort of making that step just a little bit further up the pitch? Yeah, look, he's a great footballer. I, I think he can play higher. He's got a range of passing and uh, he can be clever with his passing. So if he can add more goals to his game in open play, then he's, he's pushing his, his game forward to another level. I think knowing him personally, look, you don't get affected by signings or all the fluff that goes round it, but it's a, it'll be a tough one for him because he knows Phillips is going to make their team better, but actually him getting game time is going to make it more difficult for Prousey to get in that England squad yeah, for sure, yeah, sure because 
he can't really have done much more than what he's done this season and he's still not really knocking on the door. If Phillips comes in and gets a lot of time at West Ham, uh, obviously Gareth, for whatever reason, he seems to be his man more so than Prousey. So I think it'll, it'll be tough for Prousey. But all Prousey can do is play football, how he plays football. He can't do any more than that. Um, but Phillips getting game time at West Ham is, is virtually yeah. giving him the uh, green light to go and be in the Euros next summer. I think, I think to, to be honest with you, Prowse, I think he just needs to not even worry about England. It's pretty oh, obvious. He's probably accepted yeah. it now as a player. It's, anyway. I mean. it's pretty yeah. obvious that he's not going to be getting selected into no. the squads, into the Euros. So just enjoy playing your football. When the international breaks come round, Prowse, get yourself off to <laughs> Dubai. Have a little, Practice the golf. Practice the go. golf. Five, six days in Dubai. Get on that short game. <laughs> Boom. Sweet as a nut. That's what you need to look forward to. And finally, uh, Aaron Ramsdale. I'm going to come to you. What? Oh, goalkeeper talk again. Aaron Ramsdale, um, obviously fan himself as second choice goalkeeper at Arsenal um, is this last couple of days is it is it going to be possible or do you think it's just so set in stone now that Arsenal have dug their heels in and said no you are not going to be going out anywhere because if you do go anywhere you're going to improve our rivals yeah I, I think he's, he's kind of stuck on the beach you know what I mean yeah. he, he's not going to be moving I think uh, Arteta we talked about the power he's got and we saw that when he brings Raya in he's the manager they're backing him but they're not going to let Ramsdale go in this window because if something happened, they're just giving the the title away because they, they, they need two quality goalies. Yeah. But Ramsdale, for his own sanity, needs to play to get anywhere near that England squad. Yeah. You know, there's so many English goalies now performing at the best level. Playing in the Premier League, it, yeah. it, It's going to be difficult for him if he's sat on the bench for, for the next six months, which it looks like he's going to be. But... Southgate kind of sticks with his guys. So, look, I, I don't think anybody's taking Pickford's shirt. I think he's the number one for sure. Um, Ramsdale, phenomenal goalie and probably deserves more caps than what he's got. But he's not going to get get a shout for the England team. And then you're looking who's going to be third choice, yeah. to, to, to be perfect. Well, what's that like, Robert? How, well, sorry, how, how sorry do you feel for an hour Ramsdale? Because, like I say... None of this is by his own sort of doing, really. He's always performed really, really yeah. well when he's played for Arsenal. Finds himself a second choice, not going to be allowed to go out on loan and play football, which is all he wants to yeah, do, yeah. basically. Someone like an Aaron Ramsdale, you can see he's just he's a match goalie, isn't he? He just wants to be there on a Saturday yeah. afternoon playing football and he's not being given that opportunity. How frustrating is that? It's frustrating, and it, at the end, it's Arteta's decision, isn't it, with who he's picking. Yes, Raya's come in, and for me, I, st- I personally prefer Ramsdale yeah. to Raya. Yeah. Not quite convinced on him. I know he's good with his feet and that, but from when you watch him crosses coming in yeah. the box, mm-hmm. he makes a hell of a lot of mistakes compared to what Ramsdale does. Yeah. So I think again the transfer window, the January one, I'm not a big lover of that either. No. I just feel like that's just a, it's a panic panic window that one. And no, I think Ramsdale should just stay. Yes, he knows the situation, but he's a top goalkeeper, and I, I do think if he if he gets in the team again next, then he'll stay he'll in hold there. Hold it down. Yeah, because he, he is a top class goalkeeper. Yeah, I think I, I I'm gutted for him. I am, I'm absolutely gutted for him. But it's horrible, isn't it? We yeah. all we, we have, like you say, we've all been there where you get frustrated as a player, but deep down you know you get opportunity, you're taking it and you're gonna stay in the team. Yeah. And then the next time the manager makes that decision then as a player, you know then that maybe your time's up at that club and you need to move on and, yeah. and go and play somewhere else. I think end of the season, we're going to see a move from, from Rambo anyway. But yeah, for, for this, I just feel so bad. Like I say, he's, he's a match goalie, Aaron is, and he wants to be there on a Saturday afternoon. That's what he's, that's what he's made for. Do you know what I mean? He's, all the other stuff around the size doesn't really affect him, doesn't bother him. He just wants to be there doing his job on a Saturday afternoon and he deserves to be doing it. He deserves to be playing in the Premier League. I love, I love David Ray. I think he's a very good goalkeeper as well. Um, it's just a shame that they both happen to be at the same football club. 
Um, but yeah, like I say, it's a shame for Rambo. I don't think he's going to get moved. But end of the season, want to see you getting out and playing first team football again. It's very difficult. You know yourself. You work all week towards the Saturday yeah, afternoon, yeah. and it don't matter what position you play, the 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 working week is just a phase. Everybody comes alive match day. It's very difficult for him to work all week and not have that carrot at the end of it. And he seems frustrated for sure, but everybody wants to play. Not everybody can play at the big yeah, teams. Sure. But look, he's he's got the Euros. I hope Gareth's phoned him and kind of give him a little bit of assurance. assurance. Yeah, definitely. Because it doesn't look like he's going to get his move. Uh, and the level of goal he is, he deserves to be in the England squad for sure. Yeah. And it's not his fault, obviously, he's not playing. Um, I want to have a little talk, lads, about um, this kind of um, new... It's not like a new rule, but it's like it's almost the way that being a foul on a goalkeeper is viewed. So I, 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 want, to, I want to talk about the Tottenham goal, basically, on Friday night in the FA Cup against, about, against Man City. Um, personally, I don't think it was a foul. I don't think that Vicario was sort of nudged or... any. I think the player's just doing his job and standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to break it down into a little bit more detail because as a goalie coach, as a, as a, as a coach now and a former player... Um, Obviously, you're a former player. <laughs> I can't Jeez. remember. I can't remember that bit, mate. Yeah, you're right. It's that long ago. I can't remember. Oh, well, you used to be a player as well, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I think so. I think so. Well, well, well I, I want to talk about that in particular. That goal. Okay. So, um, Vicario is getting man marked on the corner. Um, Who's who's sort of whose job is that there to to not let him just be taken out of the game by one player just standing on him? Well, I think it's the setup. The setup's wrong. I don't think it's foul either. Yeah. I just think. Diaz has stood his ground yep. and Vicario's tried to come over the top of him. No need to, really, because of the position he's in. But why has Tottenham not got a defender in front of that? Trying to pull him away trying or to, Trying to like, just or... protect him. Yeah, like, yeah, he is a, is a defender. For me, right, I know the goalie's there. We'll have the player in between, but that will be where the goalkeeper wants the defender. Yeah, yeah. So if I know that that ball's coming into that area all the time, I'm just heading that clear. Yeah. So what I didn't quite understand was I didn't quite understand Tottenham set up from that set piece. I yeah. couldn't quite work out why a defender was... Not in front, marking that little bit of an area in front of them. If, if you're if you're the goalie coach there, Watto, surely so the Tottenham goalie coach at that moment of time should be watching that corner, going, "What is going on? Like, how how is he allowed to just stand there? Why why is my goalie not taking charge of this and and getting a defender, pulling them out of a position on the edge of the box, pulling him in there and saying, "No, you stand on the front of this guy here. Don't let him be able to block me off and then try and get a contact." Yeah, I, as well. look, we've we've both put him in our team or the halfway team of the season and I've been a real uh, advocate of his form but on this instance it's not a foul I think they have a setup um, where they're allowing the guy to be on him but it's all the things that happen from that point if you're going to have um, no defender in there which again that's their setup the set piece coach decides what they're doing but when you know as a goalie your setup is that you're going to allow a man to come on you. You've got to be a little bit more proactive rather than reactive to the situation yeah, sure. because you know you're not getting any yeah. protection. Yeah. Obviously, you set up for everybody else to be alive and whatever, but when you've got a man on your toes, normally sometimes you want the protection. That's why you'd pull a defender in there and try and let him deal with you. But when you've not got that, I think in the modern game, the goal is... There's such presences now yeah. that that shouldn't affect you too much. And I think he's just gone on the old rules of 
I'm going to get a foul. I'm going to get a foul here, yeah, and he's not yeah. been strong enough in that situation. Is, is that what they've done then? Is, do you think that the 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 PGMOL, the, the 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 lawmakers have looked at this this particular thing with goalkeeping because it started a couple of weeks ago, didn't it, with uh, with James Trafford yeah. uh, for Burnley? Uh, do you think they've looked at this and gone, we're going to have to start being a bit more harsh on the goalkeepers here. We're not going to be as lenient. We're not going to let them get away with it. Because everybody still says, oh, goalies are protected. They're a protective species. But they get away with murder. But until you're a goalkeeper and you're in that scenario, you don't know how hard and how difficult it is when you're about to take off and somebody just gives you the slightest of nudges. The slightest of nudges is... It all bets are off, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's really difficult. But when he's not got the protection of a defender in there, he's he's got to be in a different position mm. to start with because yeah, sure. if he allows the guy to stand on his toes and we're having pin a cuddle and pin you, you've got no momentum. Yeah, sure. So all the attributes that you've got, you're six foot four, you've got your art, or you think that you can still dominate that situation, but when you've that, got no yeah. momentum, yeah. You, you're done. Yeah. And look, I think the goal is for all that we talk about, I've been overprotected. Yeah. But the Trafford foul is a joke. The penalty last week, uh, for Sheffield United, yeah, Sheffield United yeah. they're nonsense decisions. But actually, this one is right. Vicario has not done enough to get out of that situation, yeah. and he's allowed uh, Diaz, who's been in that position the whole game, yeah, so it's not was, yeah, nothing allowed, new. Yeah. So you know what's coming. But when you can't get any momentum because you just stood in there cuddling with him, you're finished. Okay, so, you can't so, the... so what you should have done a bit of technical breakdown for you lot. So basically, what's happened is Vicario. Diaz has just stood his ground. He's just gone, no, I'm just going to dig my heels in it and I'm going to try and block you and stop you coming, basically. Yeah. Um, what Vicario has to do at that moment in time, instead of trying to come over the top of him and just trying to get a punch, which is always a difficult thing to do anyway, because the best case scenario is, is you get a little bit of a punch. And like I say, you can't get no momentum. So you're only going to get a little bit of a fist on it. It might go 10 yards out, simple. That's about all you're going to get. Most of the time, it's just going to drop down and it's horrible. Then it's just a battle ball and that's when the goal gets scored. What you've got to do if you're going to allow yourself to be man-marked in that position, as soon as that ball whips in, you have to be on the move forward, you have to get round that player and you have to come and try and attack that ball, whether you punch it, whether you catch it, but you can't allow yourself to get pinned in there. But he should also be taking charge of that, shouldn't he? Yeah, he has sure. to take charge of that situation, that scenario. But that's why he, that's why he doesn't get the foul. If, yeah. if you're on the move and you're trying to create some momentum for yourself and then he steps across you, yeah. you're going to get the foul. But if you allow him to pin you straight away, you're not going to get a foul yeah. because he's not really done anything wrong. He's just kept you in a position where you've lost the battle straight away. Yeah. You, if you're on the move, like we talked about Trafford last week, when you're on the move and you've got momentum, it's very clearly a foul when they stop your movement. Yeah, yeah. But if you just stood in that position, you're allowing things to happen. Exactly, you're allowing yourself to potentially make a mistake yeah, and you've just sure. got to take more, you've got to be more assertive. Yeah, basically. for sure. But that's where Tottenham's setup should have changed. Yeah. So on, like, if you're on that set piece and you're controlling it all, then obviously you're getting messages on by going, look, this is happening too often now. We need to get someone in that area just to protect the goalie so he's not coming from them like difficult decisions that you have to come for and our defenders clearing up and making it uneasy then for Diaz to get any sort of... You know what I find mad, Robbo. I find mad that... When you were playing football, mm. you would have seen that scenario. When you were playing football and you were a goalkeeper and you stood there, you would have seen that scenario. I would have done the same and I'd have gone, lads, I'm being marked yeah. here. Yeah. Change something now. Like you, on the edge of the 18, get here, stand on him, don't let that happen. I'll be taught, as soon as the ball goes out to play, I'm over to the, the touchline. Um, and I'll be talking to my manager. Mate, Like he's standing on me, change him, get somebody on that, man. that cannot happen again. 
This is like a, it's almost like a symptom of modern football, isn't it, nowadays? That it's, nobody wants that accountability anymore, do they? They're happy right. for it to just sort of, well, they told me that that's where I'm yeah. supposed to be stood, so I'm stood there, yeah, and that's they're, it. They're coming after the game, and it'll be the set-piece coach's fault that you've lost 1-0, yeah. yeah. rather than actually taking some autonomy on the field and dealing with the situation that had happened every corner, because yeah. he did the same thing every time. Right, lads, we've got to talk about Man United. Um, they got a nice little 4-2 uh, away win at Newport yesterday. It was a potential banana skin before the game, um, and even when during the game it got back to 2 all, and it looked like, oh, wow. Um, but they got over the line eventually, and even though they got over the line, um, there's still sort of negative stories. We've got, we're going to talk about Marcus Rashford in a minute. Um, I want to start, though, with the goalkeeper situation at Man United. Um, Anana's away at the African Cup of Nations, not even playing for Cameroon. He's been dropped for by what looks like, I think he's a League 2 French goalkeeper. He's the guy that's playing at the moment for Cameroon. Um, we've got the second-choice goalie for Man United, Altai Bayandir, come in, played. He looked all right, to be fair. He looked all right. Is this a genuine um, decision that Ten Hag has got to make when the Premier League kicks back into action and Anana's back? Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, what? Yeah, we've been very critical of Anana, and look for him to go away and not not be in the team is it's like a, a bit of a, a kick in the teeth yeah. to him with the national team for sure. Um, the goalie did fine yesterday, but ultimately he's playing a League Two uh, team in the FA Cup. Yeah. I think coming into the Premier League, that's a whole new ball game. And even though I'm not Anana's biggest fan, I think that. Ten Hag's going to stick with him because he's he's brought him into the football club for sure. Yeah. We, we know for a fact he's backing his man. Uh, it's great when the uh, second choice goalie gets a, some game time for sure, but I don't think he's at, at the level yet to come and compete with Anana at Man United. And I think because Ten Hag's brought him in for the big money and it's kind of not a club decision, I think it's Ten Hag's own decision that he's yeah, brought him yeah. in. Uh, I think he's sticking with him through hell and high water. I, I think that's for me. I think that's the only reason why I think he will stick with Anana. I yeah. think. I think if you look at it on paper, I would say the probably the sensible thing to do is give this guy a go, but give Bayandir a go for a, a few weeks and see how he gets on. Because if you're not even getting into that Cameroon first team, I would say that the manager has looked at that situation. The Cameroon manager has looked at that situation, the scenario, and gone, I don't think you're in the right mental state I don't think you're ready to play football yet um, on this stage he played I think he played one of the first games didn't he and let, let two or three goals in um, and I think that's why the, the manager has taken that decision so I think when he comes back to Man United it's going to be very interesting to see what Ten Hag does do because you've got a goalkeeper who's just played in the FA Cup he'll be high on that it, 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 I think he's got a Premier League game in the week as well that he's going to be playing um, and I think he will be Buoyed by that, the confidence that that will give him. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with that, actually. Um, but again, harping back to goalkeepers, how how important is it having that goalkeeper behind you that's confident? Might not necessarily be yeah. as good technically or ability-wise, but confidence. I think what we're seeing with Anana, he's, he gets too confident, doesn't he? Where he actually takes his mind off the game with what he that, just needs to do. Do you think that's do. genuine confidence? I think, though, or do you think it's like he's trying to project something? That I think not? it's again, it's we, we we talk about it all the time, don't we? When you sign for big clubs, it's that pressure. Yeah. The, like the price tag that that Ten Hag spent to get him through the door, you've lost the you've lost a world class goalkeeper in De Gea, so I need to replace him, and his choice has gone with Anana. Mm. So now he's got to show him that faith. Yes, okay, he's away with the Afcon, not playing. Yeah. So there's an even more difficult decision now for 
Ten Hag, but he's going to stick with him. And for this this young lad now to, to get the game time and play, he's got to show his worth now with what it's like and what he's doing. And I thought, like yesterday when you're watching it, he was he was comfortable. Yeah. He took the ball really well from yeah. crosses, yeah, yeah. made himself like big presence in the goal. Um, again, pr- played a Premier League game on in the week, another opportunity. But I think, like you say, he's got to show faith with Anana and. And it's a tough call. It is going to be a tough call with what he does when he does come back. But yeah, like you say, it's for me, when you watch him sometimes, he looks a little bit too confident in the way that he plays with the ball at his feet. Yeah, he, I know. he then loses the ball. Yeah. He's like he has then he has no awareness of where the ball is at his feet. Yeah. And then he's making rash decisions with the passes instead of just focusing, just do the right things. Basics. Basic stuff. Basic um, stuff. It's, it's mad, isn't it, with Man United? Like, they've won the game yesterday, and you'd think that winning 4-2 and progressing through it will all be good stories. Yeah. Um, but it's not, is it? It's never the way with Manchester United. It, so it, you, a, me- you mentioned something before uh, before the show started about even with regards to the way that Man United travelled to the game. That was yeah. news, wasn't it? Yeah, news. I mean, look, the, the top teams, they, they do everything so the tap's not dripping. You're yeah. trying to save every ounce of time, energy, when you're attacking so many games on so many different fronts. Obviously, they they flew to uh, Cardiff, I think, a 20-minute flight or something, but it would have been three and a half hours on a coach. coach, So the top teams, obviously, have got the finance to back it up, and when you can save that time and energy, if you cover it throughout the whole season, that makes a big difference in the end. And, yeah, look, there's a story every two minutes about Man United because they're in a real difficult moment. So people are trying to make a, a song and dance because they've decided to fly... And then, obviously, on the back of it, we see Marcus Rashford's been out in Belfast having a little party. And the one thing that Ten Hag has been very strong on is discipline, and he's ruling it with an iron fist. And, obviously, post the game, nobody asked him a question about the match. It was all about Rashford in Belfast partying, and he he, he just shut the door on it, and it's an internal matter that he'll deal with. But I think Rashford's kind of losing the plot a little bit. He needs to concentrate on being a footballer again. Yeah, what what, what do you think about this, uh, Robbo, with with Marcus Rashford? Because I think for somebody like him to be so... To make such a glaring mistake... If you're Marcus Rashford, you know you can't go to a nightclub in Belfast on a Wednesday night, let alone a Thursday night as yeah. well. You can't, just can't do that, can you? No, and I think at the moment he's lost his way a little bit and you're hoping that some of the Man United leadership players that are there behind the scenes are pulling him and asking him if he's actually OK because yeah. he's a world-class player and, and we want to see the Rashford of old where he's scoring goals, he's making assists for his teammates yeah. but at this moment in time we're seeing other things that are just happening off the pitch that we would never see Marcus Rashford doing. You've you got, you, you got to understand though, as, like, you've got to understand as a Man United player, as any Premier League player nowadays, if you go to a nightclub on a Wednesday or a Thursday, like I say, 72 hours prior to yeah. a game, it's in the contracts now, isn't it? You're yeah. not allowed to be in a pub 72 hours yeah. before a game, okay? Simple as that. But if, especially if you're one of the most recognisable, famous footballers in England, yep. you know that you're going to get pictured. You know you're going to, it's going to be news. And then on the back of that, he calls in ill, he calls in sick, he's not involved in the game. The whole thing is just the worst look possible. But, isn't but it? you've seen our ten hugs dealt with every scenario that has come through his door. Yep. And like you said, ultimately we know our football clubs work. There's got to be a leadership group in that dressing room yep. saying... The manager will deal with it, or he deals with it, but ultimately he's letting us down as yeah, players. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. and all the, the discipline that Ten Hag will throw his way, it affects the whole group affects by what he's doing. And it's just, for me, we've been in the dressing rooms, it's actually been disrespectful to the manager and he'll deal with it. But for you as teammates, 
it's really disrespectful. Yeah. And throwing a sickie in, it's just nonsense because you guys, his teammates, you've still got to go to Newport and win the game. Yeah. And the whole fluff around it is another story and another drama. All you want to do is get on, win your football matches, move on to the next. And he's cr- creating something that, that shouldn't be there at any football club. But it's just another scenario, Man U, that they don't need to have. Could, could this be, do you think this could be the, the beginning of the end for Marcus Rashford at Manchester United? I think change is probably needed now with it because it's, it's, this is just not the first instant, is yeah. it? We've seen it a few more times with him. Um, maybe he's outgrown Man United coming through the academy. Um, he's played for the first team and that pressure of, of consistently keeping high levels at Man United, is he, is he finding it too hard now and he just needs that change? Yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe he needs to go and play abroad just to get away from, from England, move, go, and, go, and, yeah. go and, get, and learn a different culture, play in a different team that's, that's totally the opposite to what Man United is and, and, yeah, just go and enjoy his football again. A breath of fresh air. Basically. Yeah, what he, he probably needs to just go and enjoy his football somewhere else again. Get from out of that magnifying glass. Get get out out elsewhere. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see what happens. To be perfectly honest with you, I think uh, first and foremost he's going to get a big old fine. He's going to get a good. <laughs> he's going to get a good couple of weeks' wages, um, which is which is lumpy, knowing what what money he's earning in a week. Uh, and then whether he's going to get integrated back into the squad straight away. Um, but time will tell. We'll, we'll, we'll see that for sure. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the Black Country Derby. Um, Wolves West Brom West Brom Wolves should I say. Um, I actually enjoyed this game. I thought it was a good game, and I felt a little bit—I felt a little bit sorry for West Brom because I thought they did really well. Obviously, Wolves scored the two goals; they took their chances very well. Um, but I thought West Brom were knocking. They kept knocking. They kept knocking. The second goal really took the wind out of the sails. But the 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 main story of the game, though, unfortunately, is the the trouble that happened mm. towards the end. Um, and by all accounts, um, it, it's it's happened in the players' sort of the family enclosure, basically. So the the tickets that players get given for the games. It's kicked off in that area, so I don't know whose they might have been or whatever, but there were Wolves fans sat amongst the West Brom fans. Um, but some of the scenes were horrific, weren't they? Yeah, there, was, there was that one picture of that 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 uh, bloke with a bloodied face, yeah. um, and that's the sort of stuff we just don't want to see that. Bloke, no, no, it? it's, it's like football. We've moved past that where we thought we had until yesterday when we've seen it again, and what we don't want to see, yeah. we just want to stamp this out in football and. Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, if it's in the family enclosure and you've got the kids there or yeah. the players, then it's you, just don't, you do not want them around it. You don't want to be involved in it. And now West Brom now have got to do an internal investigation themselves to see what's happened and yeah. why it's happened. Because it, like, it, takes, it takes a shine away from the game, yeah, which, is a, which is a local derby. We all know it's going to be fiery. There's going to be tackles flying in. The atmosphere is going to be electric. And then something like this happens and it just puts a dampener then on what, what was a good game of football. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, you, we just don't want to see this sort of stuff in football. I, I played in a few of them derbies, those, those, those baggies and, and wolves yeah. ones. And they are, they're a spicy Great affair. games to play they're, in. They're great games to play in. Yeah. You want to be a part of that. But fortunately for me, there was never any of the other side of it. There was never any sort of afters or trouble right. in the stands. or and, and you just don't want to see it. It's great having a rivalry and everybody feeds off the rivalry, but then just taking it to that next step. Um, a question I want to ask is what happens in that changing room, Watto? So the game got abandoned for, I think it was 40 minutes or something like that, wasn't it? So they took all the players off the pitch while the trouble was going on, put them back in the changing room. What happens in that 40 minutes, Watto, um, to get the players? Do, do you keep them warm? Or, or do you just sit down and chill, relax, take your mind off it? What I think for the first 10, 15 minutes, you're not nobody with the staff. You're not quite sure really what's happening. You're trying to get a, a, a take on what's happening outside, 
and and you need to know really that we're going to continue and do play the last 10-15 minutes. So the first 10 or 15 minutes players are not really sure what's happening. You haven't got the facilities to keep everybody warm. You might have a couple of spinning bikes in there. Certainly as the away team for Wolves, you know, we used to take a couple of bikes just to keep players going at half time, but you wouldn't have enough to service everybody. And it's in that first initial period, people just want to make sure that the families are safe. They're not probably thinking about the game, you know what I mean? Because we're not used to seeing that. We're not used to games stopping for things like that in the crowd. And okay, you know, you're not played against each other for a while, but that's not what people wanted to see. It's on TV, Sunday lunchtime, you want a good game of football. Everybody go home. Yeah, and and talk about it. But, yeah, but the players then, as soon as they know that the game is going to be coming back on, they'll be doing their own little bits, stretching. Maybe the masters are giving them a Bang little. Boy, I call that yeah, nice and then obviously, as soon as they can get out on the pitch, you saw the players. They, they go back into the warm-up routine with the fitness coach again, and quick five minutes. Quick five watch. minutes, have a couple of passes of the ball, uh, and away you go. But it, it's difficult mentally to switch on and off like mm. that when you stop the game. And the disruption more for West Brom side of it, because obviously there is at home was is the Carl Bartley. Obviously yeah. he's had to come off because his kids were in the area where it all kicked off so obviously reports are coming out that he's asked to come off Mm -hmm. so now from a from a manager's point of view he's now got a player that's mentally not ready to go back onto that football pitch because his kids have seen and been in in and around with all that trouble so now he's got to deal with a player now who's like mentally can't can't go out again on that football pitch so the tactics are having to change so it's very disruptive we, well, yeah, we just don't want to see that. Basically, it, it reminds me. I was in, um, I was in America with uh, Wrexham in the summer, and um, we kicked off late. Thunder, lightning started kicking off at half time. The game got abandoned for about four hours. <laughs> four hours it got abandoned for. It, the storm was phenomenal. The rain, the lightning, thunder. Honestly, it was horrific. Kicked off again at about I don't know half twelve ish, one ish, or was it something like that? Something silly. We had it. We had it with England. The same in Miami in before the World Cup in Brazil. Yeah, we were I remember, playing yeah. we all came Ecuador, Ecuador or something. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and it was the same thing. Yeah. Like these massive storms. Electrical storm comes but, over. But you're thinking at one bit we're not getting back out there yeah. to play. The one thing in in that stadium, um, the dressing rooms with the American footballers are massive, aren't they? Yeah. So players can Any go space. and do. Yeah, you've got yeah. space to do whatever. But it's a real weird thing. It, it, it's hard. And every individual player will deal with that situation slightly differently. Um, And I think you just got to leave them to their own devices until you get together and you start warming up again. Yeah, sure. Okay, we've got to we're going to we're going to go to the quiz in a minute, lads. Um, Buzzing for this. I'm looking forward to this. With no with no Goldbridge, it should be an absolute doozy for me to be perfectly honest with you. Um, uh, We've got to talk about Maidstone, though. How nice is this? This is what the FA Cup is about, isn't it? This is what everybody wants to see. You want to see the minnows, the underdogs beating some of the big dogs. Uh, I want to talk about uh, George Ellicobi, though, first and foremost, Uh, manager of, of Maidstone. What I loved was before the game, he got all the lads, he got all the all the lads off the off the coach and stood them all in front of the Maidstone fans and he did this speech. And if you haven't seen it, go on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, have a little watch of it, it's brilliant. And he basically just goes down the line of, right, we're gonna have a good day today. All of us here are gonna have a good t- day. Players, fans, me as a manager, we're all gonna have a good day. Win, lose, or draw, we're gonna give it everything we've got, we're gonna battle and we're gonna enjoy it. It's as simple as that. They go on, they win the game 2-1, even though they had two shots, two on target, <laughs> two goals. Ipswich had like everything, like post, crossbars, goalie saved, 40 shots here, there, and everywhere. But this is the beauty of the FA Cup, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. This is why we love watching the FA Cup and yeah. seeing teams like 
like um, Maidstone are doing. And George Elikobi, who I've played against a few times in the local derby as well, the Black Country derby yeah, yeah. when he was at Wolves, and he's a gentle giant. Yeah. And and that's the type of guy he is, bringing that togetherness with the fans and, and the players it's and that, making them understand yeah. that, look, we're here for a real good day out. Yeah. And to go and get the win, 2-1, uh, high-flying Ipswich as well. National, National League, League South, so got relegated from National League last year, yeah. so, which is always tough to take because of, obviously, like you say, finances, the finances yeah, and yeah, yeah. attracting players now to, to come and play for Maidstone. And, yeah. no, what a great job he's doing there. Like Craig Fagan's there as well. So, so they've got good, experienced ex-players there that know the game, know that they'll help the players. But, I mean, what a... I mean, it's just a great day and fantastic oh, result. And, and they've got Sheffield Wednesday Coventry now in the next round. The money, the money side of it is so, massive. So, it's so, absolutely, apparently, for getting to the fourth round, they got something like £450,000. So to get to the next stage as well, which I, we're hoping it's going to be on telly. It's got yeah. to be on telly as well, which yeah. will be more money for them. It's just that is like, that's going to pay wages for the next 10 years at someone like Mage then, isn't it? It's life-changing for them uh, where they're at in the pyramid. But to, to get this exposure for him as manager, for the players... Yeah. It's just fantastic because you don't hear of Maidstone and that's just the reality of football and how they've fallen down the pyramid. But the players are putting themselves back in on the front pages, if you like, and back pages. The manager has been like a breath of fresh air. Wouldn't it be great if he got the Liverpool job and all of a sudden he rocks up at Old Trafford and he gets the <laughs> Liverpool players? <laughs> and can you do the same at Old Trafford? Like, you know what I mean? Um, but it works for doing what he does and you obviously see a real connection with the players, the fans and everything yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. And it were great to see. At the top, top level, we never see that kind of thing because it's just not the done right, thing. It's faceless, isn't it? It's faceless, faceless yeah. Top level. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, right, quiz in one second. I've got a theory, though, quickly about FA Cup and replays, OK? So there were five draws in the FA Cup this weekend. I think before every tie is played, both managers, I heard this on Talk Sports, so I'm nicking it a little bit, but both managers should decide whether they want to replay or not. If both of them say, no, we don't want to replay, the game gets completed there and then whether it goes to extra time and penalties, sweet as a nut, done and dusted, right? But if one of them says, yes, I want to replay, so if it's a Maidstone and they're playing a, a big dog like an Ipswich and he says, yes, I want to replay because they know that if they can turn it round and go away, it's more money for the club, sweet as a nut, then there is a replay. It's as simple as that. One person says, yes, it becomes a replay. But, but if they both say, no, we don't want it, we don't want a replay, the game gets completed that day, what do you reckon? I think it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I thought you were both going to just agree with me there, lads. No, I, th no, I, can't, I, think I, can't. It, I think it's tough because, like you say, the, like the lower league teams will want the replay. Yeah. So they will want to go and have but that they, big money spinner. They get spinner. the chance then, because yeah, if they but say yes, if we, if we just, I think what we've got to all agree on is that is that the decisions made even before the, the competition starts is that we're not having any replays. Yeah. So the teams know that there's no replay, so you're going to go hell for leather, and if it's a draw, it's going to go to penalties, and yeah, then the game's yeah. done and dusted there. I think if we keep changing it in as the competition's going on, then obviously teams are going to get start getting the ump about it by going, well, hold up a minute, this wasn't... The big teams are never going to want the replay. No, for okay. sure, because they're, they're, they're attacking so many competitions, and they've got so many games to play anyway. They would, like, for Chelsea, uh, Villa, nil-nil. Neither of them want to come Even up to Even the Villa fans Park. probably don't want no, that No, for sure. But I think if you're travelling, you want to, you obviously want your team to be in it. And I think the rules, like Robbo says, have to be made clear at the start. But always the small fish are going to want the replay yeah. because of the financial implications. But the top teams are never going to want it. So you, you're caught in between. And really, the FA Cup 
is what it is. You should have the replays for me, and the top teams have just got to accept what it is. Yeah. And what we're going to see now is in the replays, we're going to see a lot of changes in the teams. Without doubt. So we're going to see like the, the bit part players are going to be getting game time, and then they know the next game, well, I'm not playing because we're back to reality again. So it loses its, its, so it loses its that, gloss. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be the it. spectacle that it could no, have No, no, for sure. That's why, I, get in the comments below, you know, I, thought I'm, I think I'm onto something. Talk sport or onto something anyway. Right, lads, quiz time, we good? All good. Looking forward to it. Let's go. Right then, lads, uh, quick run through of the scores on the doors. Mark is in the lead with seven. I've got five. You two have five, Watto, somehow. Uh, you've done one quiz before, Robbo. Only one, yep. And how'd you get on? Got three. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, got oh, three. That, that's got it. Then got you tied. You were gutted. Oh, right. Okay. Well, mate. He's right, always so gutted. He's always gutted. This, this could be a competitive quiz today. Jamie, are we good? Are we ready? We are ready. Come Ten on. questions. Come on. Question one Which player holds the record for the most consecutive Premier League appearances? Brad Friedel. Brad Friedel is the correct answer. Three hundred and ten consecutive. Shock! It's a goalkeeper. Yeah. Three hundred and ten. These goalkeeper questions in again. Eh? I'm not having this already. Is, get him and David James is close to that. Eight, goalkeepers, right? Eight, a defender. Eight seasons in a row. It's yeah? a joke. Eight seasons in a row, he didn't miss a game. Yeah. That is a joke. I don't think that'll ever be beaten. No. That's phenomenal. Well, that's yeah. top going. That. What a goalie Brad Friedel was. One nil to Ben. Thank you. Question two. Which club did Glenn Hoddle join after being sacked as England manager? Swindon. Southampton. Did you both say Chelsea? I said Chelsea. No, Southampton. Southampton's South the correct answer. Oh, I said Swindon, didn't I? That was good, though. They all, we all had a chance there, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well done. There you go, Robbo. What was, was the answer? Southampton. 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 Oh, really good, yeah. yeah. Question three. Can you name one of the five players to win the World Cup whilst playing for Manchester United? Casemiro. No. Martinez. Bobby Charlton. Lissando Martinez, yeah. Bobby Charlton was the other one, yeah. So you had Nobby Styles, Bobby Charlton, John Connolly, Paul Pogba and Lissandro Martinez. Oh, yeah, Paul Pogba. But Robbo got it first, so unfortunately... Sorry, what I... Should get half, shouldn't I? (laughs) No, you're not getting half for that. (laughs) (laughs) 2-1-0. 2-1-0. Question four. What does the Ballon d'Or mean in English? What does the Ballon d'Or mean in English? Best footballer? No. Come on. World ball? No. What did you say? World ball. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew, countdown. Five. I'm just going to say something like best player in the world. No, it's golden ball. Golden ball? Come on. That's the Ballon d'Or. That's the surprise they're winning, isn't it? Golden ball. Golden ball. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There we go. Is that that question you were on about, Luke? No. Oh. Oh. Sorry, but that, was, that should have been a doozy, that one. That should have been a doddle. <laughs> Sorry, lads. Embarrassing for me. <laughs> really bad. I said world ball. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what is that? Is that they even a trophy? Yum, yum, not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you were coming out with there, mate. <laughs> Sorry, you're half there, Ben, don't worry. Thanks, mate. Question five. Manager, career path. I have managed Lorca Deportiva, Almeria, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, PSG, Arsenal, Pochettino. Sorry? Pochettino. No. Emery. Villa. Emery. Emery. Oh, Emery, right. Come on. Two nights. Two nights. Right at the end. Is yeah. that 2-2-0? Two, two, wow. 2-2-0. Two, two, Come on, Watto, you got this. Thanks, mate. <laughs> and Robbo. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Why <Well>, you <laughs> lost? <laughs> <laughs> Question six. Who is the youngest player to ever score in the World Cup? 
tournament. Pele, Whiteside. Pele, that's the correct answer. Oh, come on. 17 oh, years and 239 days. Oh. 17. Yep. That's ridiculous. That is. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Question seven. Which team in the Football League... Which team in the Football League history was the first to have an all-seater stadium? Oh, I've heard this one before, but I can't remember. We've we had this question before. No, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't had this question Jamie's before. Jamie's on it. Jamie's <laughs> on it today. Which Football League team... Which... Who was the first Football League team to have the first all-seater stadium? Preston. No. You've got to give him a countdown. Yeah. You've got to give him a countdown, Jake. I would have already been counted down it. Five. Four. Macclesfield. Nope. Three. Oh, God. Two. I'm just going to say... One. <laughs> Zero. No. One and a half. I'll give you all another clue. It's championship team. Current championship team. Five. Rotherham. Nope. Three. Stoke. Two. One. Any championship team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Commentary City. Oh, Commentary. 1981. Oh, my yeah. God. What was the old Commentary Stadium called, Jake? Highfield Road, wasn't it? Highfield Road. Yeah. I didn't know that, Jake. Obviously. No idea. Yeah, that was the dodgy question. All right. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, it's dodgy. It's dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, Luke. Yeah. Shocker. Scores are? 3-2-0. Three, 3-2-0. Two, zero. Two, zero. Question eight. Oh, Who is only... <laughs> Sorry. I'm laughing because it's another goal of the question. Oh, brilliant. Oh, oh, oh mate. Here we go, <laughs> question, question eight. If I get this, they in trouble. <laughs> Who is the only goalkeeper to have won the Ballon d'Or? Bartos. Yashin. Yashin, that's the correct answer. Off the mark, Watto. Thank yes, you, Watto. I don't you. mind you getting a question right, that's fine. Three, two, one. I'll just one in there for <laughs> <laughs> Who did you say? Fabian Bartes. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, though. Uh, yeah. Lev Yashin, 1963. Yeah, love it. Question nine, career path question. I have played for West Ham, Manchester United, Inter Milan, Liverpool, Paul Lintz. Paul Lintz is the correct answer. Oh, going that, Paul Lintz. So, four, two, one, unassailable. Oh, so you've dear. won. You've won. So question ten: Who is Aston Villa's most expensive sold player? Oh, Coutinho. No, what no, am I Grealish. Coutinho. Jack Grealish is the correct answer. Oh, Grealish, hundred mil. Hundred mil to Manchester City. Oh. Yeah. Do the do the do the bonus question. You want a tiebreaker one yeah, as well? Yeah. yeah, come on. Question eleven. This overrides everything. By yeah, me. yeah. Winner, winner starts now. Never <laughs> <laughs> wins. Yeah. The winners of the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League compete for which Champions League trophy? Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Say it again. Winners of the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League compete for which Can I come back trophy? in? I know that. No. Is that, is that that Club World Cup thing? Nope. No, it's not. <sighs> come on. I said Champions League. I can't, I can't get involved. I know the answer. Go on, man. No, no, no. What's well, that? Watto's got a guess. No, Five. I don't know it. Super Cup. Super, Super Cup. Super Cup. Yeah. That was the other one. Then, Darn then, it. Then you, you are the winner. You won it easy it. this week, yeah. mate. A wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. A No pressure. Just free and easy today. Just yeah. came out. Um, there you go, everybody. Thank you very much. That takes me on to six, by the way. One behind Mark. Unlucky for the pothole, mate. I hope you're actually all sorted, by the way. <laughs> it did sound great this morning. Anyway, we will see you all next week. That's been the football fill-in. Um, Dave Watson, Paul Robinson. See you next week. Well done.